Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your discovery liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. Welcome back to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm here with your host, Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and crunchy mama of... How many? Four at this point, probably. He, he will be here. Airs, he will be here. He will absolutely be here. Maybe he'll be here like next week. I don't know. Hopefully this dude will Ooh. come. But, Ooh. and my co-host. <laughs> I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever and discovery liaison. And we have another special guest with us. All of your friends are hot. <laughs> we just have some pretty women on. Yeah, just putting that out there. <laughs> yes. Well, today we have, I'm, I'm just so, I'm so excited about this conversation because I'll tell y'all how I met Courtney, but we have Courtney Campbell on Instagram. She is at anti-cancer mom. She runs a, just a big old, I don't even know what to call it. What do you call it? Like community that is really hyper-focused on healthy living. And she is a 15 year holistic cancer survivor. And so I love this because how I met Courtney was I was at the or I was the pediatrician for one of her kiddos. Yeah. And she had her at home and I came and her the midwife who was attending the birth is actually now my midwife. And that's how we Oh met. no, I didn't know that. Yes. That's so great. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then we found out that our kids go to gymnastics together. Other, well, like- we found out actually, Cece, we found out that like the day before I went to labor, which was like two days before I met you uh, at, at our house, we actually chatted in the lobby oh, and we didn't right. even know it. We had this whole conversation and, and I was like, oh, wait, I talked to you the other day because, you know, it was out of the, you know, out of environment. We didn't, you know, it's amazing no, how didn't. the memory doesn't just stick, doesn't stick things. But once I met you at home, I said, I talked to you. I had no idea yeah. you were, at that you do what you do. Yeah. I just knew this was a pregnant lady. Yeah. <laughs> You're sometimes hard to remember, but impossible to forget. Aw, thanks. Well, Courtney, we are so excited to have you. Um, there's so much that we can dive into, into your history. And what I, I kind of want to start with is if you don't mind going into this, I think it just gives you so much just value to our community is can you start us through not just where your cancer journey started, but maybe even before that, like looking back on your life prior to being diagnosed with cancer, what was going on? What were some things that you look back on? Um, that stick out to you and then talk us through a little bit of the beginning stages of that cancer journey as well. Yeah, this is great to talk about. I don't usually go that far back in, in a, in a, in a conversation about this. Um, so I had a really healthy, I would say a healthy childhood, um, no, like big T trauma is that, you know, you hear tossed around those kind of phrases. Um, but you know, just some, uh, I would say, throughout my young adulthood, high school, college, some decisions that were perhaps um, a little bit on the shameful side, I guess you could say that. Uh, Grew up, and as far as like diet and things like that, I grew up eating like a standard 80s, uh, 90s, standard Cheez-Its, 
processed food. You know, my mom would make dinner maybe once or twice a week. That was like maybe a real vegetable, like mashed potatoes. But other than that, it was like canned corn, um, canned green beans, you know, fish sticks, those kind of things. Uh, Diet Coke, uh, Kool-Aid, Captain Crunch, you know, those kind of, that's how I grew up. Like probably most people who grew up in that time period that are listening. And um, I'm just trying to like kind of cover those like emotional bases, like the mm-hmm. dietary bases. Um, and then moving into college, you know, I, I um, graduated, became a teacher. Um, and and then um, and, you know, and ended up going moving to Atlanta after college. Um, I met my husband in college, but we didn't date. Kind of got married afterward, uh, started dating afterwards. Um, really, as far as like the spiritual aspect, um, I became a Christian when I was 24, and I was baptized in the ocean, just like my hippie. Oh, I was kind of like that hippie self was like the perfect thing for me, um, and uh, that was like probably the the biggest like shift in my life. Like at, at that time, like the biggest shift was um, in the direction of like I was living for my creator who loves me. And yeah, and and that was, yeah, a big part of, you know, where God brought me in as far as that path on my path, my life path. Um, and that was through my husband. My husband was the person who, who told me like, you know, he was the person who told me about Jesus and in a way that I was open to and made sense to me. And I didn't want to push away because, you know, most times I'm going to cry. I'm too too pregnant for this. (laughs) Yeah. And that's of course a loaded, that's like a loaded story. And I didn't think I would even go down this path, I, mm. but, um, a little, but it's so yeah, narrative to your life. It is, it is because it's, it's every, every stressor that comes into your life when you know you're not alone in it, it's like, it makes the world of difference. Mm. I'm not handling this on my own. God, you have a reason for this, whether, you know, whether you don't take it away right away, it's a sanctification for me. It's going to change me. It's going to make my life um, just better in the long run. And, and, and it's for you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing this with you, but you're doing it for me at the same time, even the negative things. So mm-hmm. that kind of goes, it's going to lead up to the cancer diagnosis and how that, you know, seemed like the worst thing that could happen to you at the time, but ended up being a blessing and a silver and mm-hmm. had tons of silver lining, you know, later on. But, um, yeah. So, um, I'm into Atlanta. Uh, my husband and I got married uh, about a year after I moved here. And, um, three months later I found out I had, I, I was sitting at my desk at work and I found a huge mass in my armpit mm-hmm. that felt, I mean, I guess it felt like it appeared overnight. Um, it was about the size of an egg once they took it out wow. and it was like, so they, they didn't even put me under to get it out because they didn't think it was as big as it was <laughs> ended up being about an egg, like a small egg. Um, and it was underneath like my rib cage and he had to keep injecting like oh. the, whatever the numbing agent is yeah. because it was like so deep and they didn't think it was, I felt it like this. Uh, anyway, I won't go, I won't go there, but, um, yeah, it, yeah. And I had also, um, another mass in my neck. Uh, so armpit and neck, that's all I knew. We um, got all of the pathology done. It took about three weeks from the point of like sending it to Emory and then sending it to, uh, or so it was at Piedmont Hospital here in Atlanta, then Emory. They couldn't figure out what it was. Uh, they thought it was an aggressive T-cell lymphoma, but here we were like 
one week went by, two week went by, you know, we didn't know, no, they're like, we can't treat it until we know what it is. And then a third week went by and we knew it was cancer because the, because the, uh, the, the surgeon, when he took it out, he's like, he did, he looked at me and he went, this is looking rough. Like it's mm. going to be cancer. Um, so we kind of knew something. We were just hopeful it wasn't. And then three weeks went by before we finally got the official pathology after they sent it to UNC Chapel Hill and like they had, there was a lymphoma lymphoma specialist there named Peter Banks and he um, diagnosed it as nodular lymphocyte predominant Hodgkin's lymphoma. The PET scan I had a week before that um, showed no involvement in the extremities that would have classified it as stage three or four, but it was in my rib cage uh, above my spleen. So it was classified as stage two, very small amounts in the rib cage. It said residual amounts of like lit lighting up on the PET scan mm -hmm. in my rib cage. So, so I had it in enough places to where it wasn't, it was stage two. And, um, I had removed, we had removed the large mass in my armpit. I still had the, the piece in my neck, which was about a walnut size. Mm. And, um, and then of course they're like, okay, this is our toolbox. We have, we have this chemo and we have this radiation and we have this immunotherapy and this is what and, you know, it was, it's a cancer that's not seen very often. And in the lower stages, they don't, they do like more of a watch and wait approach, but at stage two, that's when they, they do want to treat it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't, um, we, we kind of left there. They were like, this is the chemo room and this is the, the wig shop. And, you know, they're showing you mm -hmm. all these, they're just giving you the whole rundown. Oh, here's your card for your fertility treatment because you're, you know, we're probably going to shut your ovaries down with this drug. You know, they're going through all these drugs that they're going to give you. And the whole time, like you're just in a glaze, you know, Especially, I was 20, uh, how old was I now? 20, I was 25, 26, 26. See, I haven't told the story in a, in a minute. Um, and yeah, I just got married and all I wanted any, if you asked me anything in the world that I wanted to do with my life, yes, I was a teacher, but what did I wanted to do be more than anything was a mom. That's all I ever saw myself. Like in order to complete my life, my life would be whole it is if I could, you know, have children. And so that was a huge, like, that was where the blow was. It wasn't the cancer. It was the infertility. I was like, my body's, I remember thinking my body's perfectly functioning right now. Yeah. We worked out, we were trying to eat a little better at that point, you know, at 20, 25, we got married, we got like a George Foreman grill, <laughs> like we're going to grill some <laughs> we're going to maybe chop some vegetables and saute them on like our, like I've never done these things. I, I had lived, you know, really either going out to dinner or making like, you know, uh, microwave dinners and a diet Coke at home. That's that's how I ate before all this, this, this diagnosis happened. And, um, and so, um, yeah, we, we were getting all the, that information and it was the tour through the chemo room where my husband had a, like, and, uh, he said it was almost like an audible impression that came out of nowhere. And it said, this is not for you. So the Holy spirit, and the Holy spirit. Exactly. So, um, I've never had that happen in my life. I don't know if anybody listening to this has had like an audio, uh, like a, an actual audio, like a, a, a voice you can hear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he said it was like, just came in through one ear and out, but it was, mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know if I heard it or if it was, you, you know, it was one of those things where God's always a little mysterious when he tells you to do something. 
Mm. And Ollie says, this is not for you. I love that he didn't say chemo is bad or the pharmaceutical industry is corrupt and evil or whatever. It, it wasn't, those human, it wasn't a, those human thoughts. It was, um, this is not for you. It may be for other people, but this is not your path. Anyway, so moving forward, he told me at some point, we really don't remember at some point he told me and I was very hostile toward it because I was like, my mom, my family had a history of cancer. My mom's identical twin sister had Hodgkin's mm. when she was 14 and she went through clinical trials at Johns Hopkins and they had um, all this like new um, treatment that they were tr trying on all these sweet, precious mostly girls, teenage girls that were going through these clinical trials and not everybody made it, but my aunt did. Um, she had cobalt radiation. She, mm -hmm. we believe it was probably ABVD, like the, the typical chemo that they give for Hodgkin's. Um, we don't know, we don't have any of her records or anything, but, um, from what they learned from what worked for her, they kind of moved that forward to what treatment is pretty standard for Hodgkin's even today. So mm -hmm. that was a really big trial that she was part of, uh, the cobalt radiation completely wrecked her, like her chest cavity. As she got older, she dealt with, um, she had to get a pacemaker, like her heart was affected. Um, we just don't know to what degree her treatment affected her. I'm talking, this is my mom's twin sister I'm talking about. Um, but all that we, we kind of gathered with us as we are moving forward. Um, we knew that the treatment wasn't going to just be like, you know, let's get treated. Uh, and then we're going to move on with our life. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's effects, there's negative effects that happen. And so I was thinking, what, what kind of got me on board with what Kevin, Kevin started going down the rabbit hole of clinical trials. First, we learned that you can't just get a clinical trial. You have to usually exhaust all conventional options mm -hmm. before you're eligible for a clinical trial. And we're like, okay, that's not, we did not, he, we did not feel a piece. I was really leaning on him because it was kind of his idea. Um, we got a lot of hostility from my family, especially my mom, who was kind of like, you need to treat this cancer. Like right. you're going to, die. you know, a lot of people are like, why, what are you doing? Um, and so eventually that naturally led us to down the alternative treatment route. We started, you know, the internet and the cancer, holistic cancer community in 2008 was not like it is today. Mm. There was a couple of books that had been written, like, you know, I, I won't name them all. Maybe we can list them in the notes, but, um, you know, and we, so we started ordering books. We started looking at websites. A lot of those aren't even around anymore because the, the people that wrote them aren't, aren't doing that anymore, or they've evolved into another kind of business or whatever, um, or they're, you know, passed away is 15 years ago. Um, but I, I, everything that he was bringing home, I was just like, I can't, what, this is so unfamiliar. This is not proven. You know, I, I had a lot of that pushback. The oncologist, we brought a lot of this to him. <laughs> you can imagine how that went. Yep. He was actually very polite. He was more of like, I just, this is not what I went to school for. Like, this is a whole, he's like, I don't deal in this. This is not something that most people d decide. He was like polite about it. And we were like, all right. Um, but we knew that it just, there was just such a, like a, a tension. I kept hitting that wall. Like if I'm fine right now, if I do this treatment, they told us, a, we asked like with the infertility, that's why they suggested I freeze my eggs or, or get embryos frozen, which is also like an ethical thing. You're mm -hmm. having to make these decisions. Like, is this ethically something we want to pursue three months into marriage or what do we do? And there's so much prayer went into it. 
Um, but the Kevin getting a very, very clear answer. He's right over there working with his noise canceling headphones. He was, he was, yeah, just unsure. And we ended up, I got this book by um, Bill Henderson called Cancer Free, Your Guide to Gentle Non-Toxic Healing. Um, Bill passed probably five years ago. He was 80 something years old. Um, but his research and his uh, just practical nature that he wrote out a protocol in his book, I felt like I can do this mm-hmm. and I'll go over it in a second. But, um, uh, and I loved the way he wrote. He was very comforting, very practical, um, nothing too emotional. He was, And he provided a ton of um, stories of people who had done it and who had healed. And so I was like armed with all of those things. That's one thing that's kind of one of my pillars when I talk to people is arm yourself with stories of people who have done it. There's tons of stories on the internet now and just remember, put them like store them in your heart. <laughs> like these people did it and I can do it too. As far as, you know, when you're choosing a different path to healing. Um, so anyway, we told our oncologist goodbye. Um, didn't just didn't call him back, <laughs> told him we were seeking a second opinion. And we did seek a second opinion, but we didn't wait to do anything. Once I, once I read that book from Bill Henderson, I also felt like I can give this three months. I can do this protocol, this natural dietary change and supplements and herbal remedies and detoxification methods. Like I can do this for three months and just go hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we added a lot to it as we researched we didn't just do what was in his book, but added other things as well. All of that's on my blog. If people want to check it out, anticancermom.com is my blog. And I've been writing it since 2011. So 13 years now mm-hmm. this month, actually, I started a Jan- what's today, January 11th or 12th. Well, I think the first blog post was January 11th, 2011. Oh, so yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, know. I, I don't even, sometimes like, Sometimes they just, the 10 year anniversary went by. I didn't even know it till like three months later because I, you know, I'm kind of hit or miss with, I have a lot, well, I won't give away how many kids I have now, but, um, <laughs> More than that, but yeah, so the infertility was my primary driver, did the, um, went hardcore with the dietary changes. Um, I'll just give you a quick overview. Of course, like just like a super high plant-based diet. I really struggled with the plants, with the salads. I didn't, I never ate salad in my life. Unless it was like a ranch salad with, you know, a thousand island ranch. And all the like cheese. And cheese, like even if they're, I mean, pick off everything, you know, I was such a picky eater and um, I still am. It that doesn't go away, but I, I'm just like, I, I enjoy more foods, but I'm still picky about some things, but um, yeah. And uh, so high plant-based diet, I mean, talking weird things. I never even heard of half of these vegetables, avocado never really, nope, no, didn't know about it. Uh, kale and collards and Brussels and uh, broccoli sprouts and like all these things I was learning. And of course, where do you go? You go to Whole Foods because they have all that stuff there. Um, but I come home and I was like, what do I do with this? How do I eat it? And so one day I was just crying and I was losing all this weight, like over the, maybe the course of the first two weeks that I started my diet. And I just threw it. My, Kevin, my husband, Kevin had bought me a Vitamix for my 26th birthday, which was just a month before my diagnosis in August. Um, we got married in June. 
26th birthday in August and then uh, diagnosed in September, late September. And uh, so I was, I had no plans for this Vitamix except for to make some milkshakes maybe, or like a workout, <laughs> a workout smoothie with like some of the, you know, pre-mix and the whey protein or whatever. like I had no, I didn't know I'd be doing this, but um, I uh, put all those greens and vegetables and I put them in that blender and I put some water in it and I would drink my salad because I couldn't take the texture. I couldn't take the, um, the taste. I'm sorry. Um, sounds nasty. I, <laughs> I pinch my nose and I drink it. Well, eventually I got a little better. Um, that was in November. We started, the, I started my natural, my holistic protocol in November on the day Barack Obama was elected. It was November 4th. And, um, the other element to the diet was, um, the butt, what's called the Budwig mixture, and it's cottage cheese, organic cottage cheese, like two percent, or sometimes one point five percent, and six tablespoons of six tablespoons of flaxseed oil, and I'd blend them with an immersion blender. And at the time, I didn't know like put some stevia in it or whatever, and I just would pinch my nose and eat it and gag, like it was so disgusting. So like, basically, everything I was eating, I, I was just like, I'm just doing this to heal. I'm doing it to heal. I like needed God's strength. Yeah, every second of every day because I was like, I, I knew I was on the right path, but I just wanted to hit the easy button, you know? And at times I admit, I was like, it'd be so much easier to do chemo right now. I just go in, they hook me up. You know, I, I, I know what I'm doing is like following the rules. I had a lot of the tension. I'm a rule follower. I don't like going against like the status quo. I, I really, I mean, even now with like homeschooling, like we homeschool and sometimes I feel like I just want to be like everybody else and like be able to talk to the moms at gymnastics and like you can relate. Talk to me. I can't talk to you. Well, now I know like we live so different, Cece, right? We live so differently and, and it's a good thing and we're lights to the world, but Courtney's I hardcore. sometimes just, yeah. everything she does, she does hardcore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking well, salad. Yeah, I mean, you don't realize it because I do complain. I'm not like a, I, I do complain, <laughs> but I have like, I call Kevin my lie samurai because he's always like cutting through the lies for me. Cause sometimes you just need that. And that's like the second pillar to what I talk about is like the first is you've got to arm yourself with healing stories. The second is you've got to have an advocate or a partner oh, or some really? like-minded friends, people that you can you know, that, that are going to believe like you, because you do get weak. You do want to hit the easy button. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we, 10 years ago, Kevin and myself, and, um, it's really, it was the vision of our friend, Susie Griswold. Um, she started, she wanted to have a holistic cancer conference 10 years ago. This is like what, uh, five years after my healing, my diagnosis. And, um, and uh, to create, like, just to meet together at a conference for like-minded community. And that was called, we called it the Healing Strong Holistic Cancer Conference and Retreat. And so it brought all these people from the holistic cancer world together for the first time in person. Mm -hmm. And after that, um, we ended up moving in the direction instead of conferences to groups. And so if you go to healingstrong.org, um, we have we've supported, I think over 500 at this point, over 500 groups all around in the United States and all around the world of people meeting in their communities to talk about this stuff oh, and to absolutely. teach this stuff, to educate, um, power, educate, empower, and equip, um, every, you know, people in your own community, because every community is different. Every community knows which holistic doctors exist, you know, and which chiropractor will, you know, whatever, and which holistic doctor will give you the ivermectin or whatever, you know, the secrets are in the. <laughs> Don't show that. 
I know. Yeah. Cut, edit. <laughs> but yeah. So what every, ever, what doctors will, um, you know, support you and then just come together in like-minded community. And you can go to healingstrong.org slash groups, and you can put in your zip code and you can find out that there's wow. a healing strong group in your community. And it's just a group of people that every, I think usually once a month meet together. There's some online groups too, if you don't have one in your area. Um, and talk this stuff, you know, in a way that's also backed with the faith aspect of mm-hmm. we don't we don't shy away that our our you know our hope and our faith is in God and He's the ultimate healer, and um, it's just so uplifting. And you know, we're not all here forever, right? We're we're all we all have at some point. It's like the guarantee for everybody on Earth today is we're not going to be here forever. But we and we but yet people act like somehow they're in control and they can, you know, obsess if they obsess enough, they can keep themselves here forever. Right. Right. Um, and fear enough and are afraid enough. And it's just like living in a, living with a group of people that live that way. Like this is not my forever home (laughs) and then there's more to it. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's healing strong. That's really the second part of what I think made my journey successful. Healing strong Mm -hmm. didn't exist at the time, but what I learned through my journey was that we need an advocate or a support system or a group of like-minded people to, to be our, you know, kind of to be our person. Yeah. <laughs> especially our- when you get so pressured into one side, like I can't imagine the guilt you probably felt for a while, like knowing that or, or following that Holy spirit and listening to it. Cause how many times do we not listen to it and go against, you know, what we are, are you sure? actively being are you told. Sure? Right. And, (laughs) you know, then like the guilt that you could feel going through that or the pressure from conventional doctors or from your family or just the guilt of maybe being like, okay, well, do I trust? Do I really, is that really what I heard? Do I really listen to this? Do I really keep going forward? Or should I be doing the conventional stuff too? Like that is a lot of pressure in such a sensitive time of your life that that community would make all the difference. So go back for us to the three months where you're like, okay, I can do this three month protocol. I'm drinking my salads, which I can't believe you just blended these up, but I'm drinking my salads. Yeah. I'm doing my cottage 64 juice. ounces, 64 ounces, <sighs> half a gallon. And sometimes twice a day until I got to the point where I could actually do like a smoothie for lunch. My The Budwig mixture, the cottage cheese flaxseed oil for breakfast, the, in the 64 ounce smoothie for lunch. And then a dinner, I would just do a big cancer fighting salad. As I got down the road, I went to a, a place and I don't think it exists anymore in Atlanta. I'm not sure. It's called the Living Foods Institute. It used to be down um, in the west side of the city. Actually, it was down in the south side of the city. Now it's on the west side of the city, but it was. I don't know if they're around anymore, but they taught like living foods principles, mm-hmm. how to sprout, how to chop your vegetables properly, like how to soak and ferment and make like rejuvalac, like more of the Ann Wigmore protocol. They taught that there. Um, yeah. How to do an how to do an enema. You know, they didn't teach coffee enemas, but later on we learned that that was something a lot of people were doing that was more on what we call the Gerson protocol. Um, a lot of, and even like um, Chris Work, um, Chris Beat Cancer and his, um, and you guys, we'll have to put all this in the notes so people can yeah. find these things. They're great resources. Um, but like doing coffee enemas is something that people do, but I did water enemas and I, and not, not a ton, but I did at that, at that, um, it, during my three months, like let's say starting three months, like November, December, at the end, that thing was the mid, middle, around this time, actually, middle of January of 2009, I went to the Living Foods Institute and I did seven colonics over the course of two weeks. And there was so much garbage that came out of my body. 
Because up to that point, people were like, oh, eating all those vegetables and drinking those smoothies, you must have been just like super regular. And I was like, no, I was like bloated and I was gassy. And I was like, and there was just so much that from like, whatever, 26 years of eating a really crappy diet, I was just, I needed a reset. And so mm -hmm. I did these seven colonics. Maybe it was six. No, I think it was seven because we got these packages and Kevin came with me and we did it. You know, it's quite, uh, quite an expense, right? Like yeah. out of pocket, of course. And we went and we each got six colonics over the course of the, of the two weeks that we were there. And he gave me one of his, so I had seven. That's, I'm, I'm remembering this. He didn't want to do, what he didn't want to do anything. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> it was, I mean, we gave each other enemas at like three months of marriage. We've been married like three months and like we had to figure out how to stick an enema tube up our hineys. You know, we didn't know what. There's nothing like bonding. That's bonding. No. And we were laughing the whole time, but goodness oh, gracious. Nice. I don't normally share that, but that's just funny. Like oh, yeah, it's gross. Now. <laughs> yeah, and it's like we have we talked about it before and it's a it's a laugh, but for some people that's weird. Like what? That's so weird, you know. Maybe to our parents' generation, they would never be. I don't know. I don't know what they do, but it just seems like something that is, you know, we're a little more open with our bodies, I guess, <laughs> nowadays. But um, yeah, so that was part of our, that's kind of like the third thing that I did, um, as far as like, you know, have, uh, uh, you know, be in like minded community. Um, what was my first one? <laughs> I said, uh, whatever I said, the first thing, uh, we're talking about, um, oh gosh, you guys, what was it? Listen, don't to ask cut us. This. Our brains are mush. <laughs> <laughs> go, back, go back 30 minutes and Listeners whatever. go back 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah yourself an advocate and then of course there's the diet and then um detoxification just yeah. like if you're having any problems like with your digestion nowadays i wonder like i take some supplements that really do help like move things through in addition to a, a mostly plant-based diet but um the colonics really helped me then yeah. and i'm doing a water enema once a day and then like i said a lot of people in the holistic holistic cancer community do the coffee enemas because they detox the liver Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, so that was in January and something interesting about the living foods Institute is when we were there, they said, I want you off all animal proteins. And so for that, those two weeks, I went off of the Budwig protocol. I also went, they wanted us off everything except what they do there. And so I stopped. There's another thing I did. I was starting to drink SEAC tea, which is a, a detoxifying tea that was discovered uh, by a Canadian nurse who worked among the Ojibwa Indian Native American tribe up in Canada and northern the northern the northern U.S. and they have these herbs that combine. There's four basic herbs um, that she was having amazing success with healing very advanced um, cancer patients um, using this tea in conjunction to some other things she was doing. But she credited the tea and wrote the recipe down. It went kind of crazy. This is in probably the 1920s when like. I don't know if you're familiar with like the Flexner report with like, you know, buckling down on the, the holistic oh, um, uh, practitioners in the United States. It's when like basically naturopaths, homeopaths all went kaput because they said no, the Rockefellers and, you know, they all said, we're going to, we're going to license and, and accredit only people who are using these pharmaceuticals to treat medicine. And so all of the other stuff went, you know, but this is a little bit before that, that I believe it's either before or just in conjunction around that time uh, that she did 
developed SEACT and started, you know, I, I don't know if she sold it or she just went around healing with it. Um, but that recipe now I, what I did to get it was there's a company called fluorescence and they sell it and it's so expensive to get their bottles, like $60 a bottle and you'll, right. you'll need a couple bottles a week. So, um, you can actually also make your own and I'll, I'll give you those notes later. Um, if you want to, but, um, it's on my blog too. People just search E-S-S-I-A-C-S-E-A-C-T. So I was doing that, but at the Living Foods Institute, I stopped all those things because I was just doing like the raw food protocol that they were suggesting in order to get like the full benefit. Well, the lack of fat from the Budwig, because that's a huge amount of fat every day and protein and all that, and just being raw vegan for 12 days actually had a negative effect mm. on me. And I, I didn't get my period. Like everything was like, my cycle was all off and, um, I don't know what happened. I just like, it was, things were spotty and weird. And at the end of, um, I believe it was at the end of February, I was like, I still don't know what's going on. Like my period was still wonky. Um, I was doing really well at that point. Um, I actually, after the Living Foods Institute, I went back on the Budwig and I went back on the SEACT because those things had been working. My, my, I could touch this tumor, this lymph node here. This one was cut out. Mm -hmm. This one I could touch. Um, and it had, it's, it was almost completely gone. Wow. Um, and so, and it's actually stayed away since it's never come back. Um, it's 15 years ago and there's stuff in the, in my side here, I actually, I'll, I'll get into what I did to, to sort of discover that I was indeed cancer free. But, um, at the end of February that year, I still hadn't had my period. Hmm. And I was like, what is going on? And, and I, so I've never taken a pregnancy test in my life <laughs> and I went and bought one and I took it and that stinker was positive. That's a good reason not to have a period. It is. Sure yeah. Is. Yeah. And, and I know, I know because now we know when she was born and we know that I missed a period because of the, of going raw vegan that week. Yeah. Um, and then when it kicked back in, <laughs> um, I just couldn't, I was trying to do like NFP and use natural family planning. Like tra I was tracking my cycle, but when it all went, when it all, when it went all wonky, I thought I got like a, a sense of where I was in my cycle. Anyway, I found out I was pregnant and, um, I, I was doing really well on my protocol, got horrible morning sickness, was so nervous during that time, really had to mm -hmm. lean on my faith trust God. I knew he had me on the right path and he was going to take care of me when I was like eating saltines and, you know, um, almond butter and apples, like I couldn't get anything down. Um, and then, um, I went to the oncologist in May, which was six months to the, to the month, like to the day, May 4th, I started my protocol November 4th. And he's like, you're doing so great. I got the blood work done. Your blood work looks great. But they always told me that even mm -hmm. when I had kids, like even when I was diagnosed, your blood work looks fine. Um, and, but he told me, um, I mean, you're in clinical remission. There's no sign. There's no sign of evidence here. You're, you know, you're doing great here. There's no new flare ups. So you're in clinical remission. So May 4th is what I, when I can, 2009 is when I consider my, um, my remission wow. day. Um, we found out, uh, the next month on our one year anniversary, talk like a whirlwind first year of marriage on our one year anniversary, we found out that we were having a girl and, um, and then she was born in November of that year, unmedicated natural birth, mm. uh, 
we wouldn't if we wouldn't have picked a right pr practitioner for that i will say we would have ended up with a c-section because like a lot of first births it was extremely slow there was a lot as she was 10 days overdue um you know meconium presenting in the amniotic fluid like i but we had a midwife we had a, a good um they had a good culture in their office for just like a watch and wait culture and um anyway but yeah so that's that's that first year Wow. of our marriage and our cancer story <laughs> and, wow. our, and our birth of our child. So our first child. And um, it's just crazy because, because of that, you know, that God knew he had to intersect us like very clearly. And then yeah. he went to Kevin who has never had that happen in his life and listened to it. And um, since then that phrase, this is not for you. We've shared the story dozens of times, podcasts or, you know, in person or whatever. And so many people have come to us to say, that's the same, that's the yeah. same voice that has come to me. One time we were listening to a stage four pancreatic cancer survivor. Her name is Ann Cooper and Chris Wark from Crispy Cancer was interviewing her at the first Healing Strong Conference, which I mentioned uh, to you guys. Um, and we were in the green room where they had, he had his little he he does all these survivors uh videos because they help equip people to have the confidence right, right. and he has I, he must have hun over 100 survivor stories on his blog crispycancer.com and um he was where we kevin and i were kevin was kind of helping with the camera just to make sure it was on <laughs> basically it was a very simple camera and we were watching this interview with ann cooper on the couch and we're behind the camera and at the very end of the interview and it's been since been taken off youtube um, we have it actually, um, um, we saved it before it got taken off. Um, we screenshotted it and, uh, or, you know, whatever record screen recorded it, but, um, it's, you can't find it on YouTube anymore, but it, her name was Ann Cooper. Oh, yeah, I know it's crazy. Also my SERT, um, informational video is also just got, I just got kicked off too. So, um, anyway, but we we're standing behind the camera and she said, Chris, Chris, one more thing. When I was, when I was, um, you know, I had a, the Holy Spirit came to me and he said to me, this is not for you. And I knew, God, I am not doing that, you know, that harsh treatment and I'm going to pursue you and follow you. And um, Kevin and I about fainted behind the camera because we had never heard. She said that exact phrase we had wow. been saying for years. This is not for you. And I just, I'm just like, I still get chills. Like, Anyway, mm. so if you, if you're, anyone's listening and you hear this is not for you or, you know, this is not the path for you or whatever, there's different variations we've heard over the years. But Ann Cooper, it was like legit exact words. Right. <laughs> so pretty cool. Yeah. I'd, oh, oh, yeah. Maybe, oh, yeah. Kevin just turned around and he said, tell him about in the show. There's a show called The Chosen. Um, that is the story of the followers of Jesus. It's very popular. A lot of people, yeah. if you're listening, you may have seen it. It's on Netflix. Um, but in the very first episode we were watching and Mary is, she has a drinking problem. That's how they're portraying her in that show. Uh, Mary, Mary Magdalene. And um, that's just, you know, their interpretation of this, of in between the scriptures of what may have happened. And so she's going to drink. And the first time you see Jesus in that movie, he comes and he sit, puts his hand on her hand and he looks at her and he said, this is not what I have for you or something, or this no, is not, he said, that's not for you. he said, that's not for you. That's what he says in that show. And Kevin and I were like, ah! oh my. <laughs> so we just wonder what's going on with that. Like it's, Maybe he's shifting people's paths for healing and yeah. showing people today. And, and what's it so may not fascinating be fascinating is it wasn't it wasn't through you. It was through Kevin. Yes, it was. You and know, and that's the reason too. 
it cemented the leadership yeah. really in our family. Like, yeah, yeah like it, it, and I gained mega respect for him. And even to this day, when he says, you know, he tells me something I, I kind he has, not that he has authority over me, but he has, um, he has street cred. <laughs> He's called to lead, like, provide, and protect. And he did that in yeah. all of those ways with, exactly. with yeah. asking you to trust that, yes. hey, this is what the Holy Spirit said, and we're going to follow that. Exactly. As a household. He's, yeah. Oh, you guys, it's so awesome. Yeah, it's oh, beautiful. Amazing. So I'm so yeah. curious. Like, I mean, it, it's just, it's amazing. And like part of that testament is the fact that you got pregnant on this journey and then had a child because mm -hmm. even, I mean, all of us sitting here know that pregnancy can be very autoimmune inducing, right? So a lot of times things can get worse. Some women feel much better, but a lot of times things get worse during pregnancy or patients can kind of rebound postpartum into they were feeling so much better during pregnancy and then they have the child and they rebound and get sick again. And it's such a testament for how you are caring for your body from A to Z that you then were able to stay in remission. There was no kind of little flare up past, you know, having her. That is a wild testament. We didn't know how, like we did in navigating from that point on, like the birth of our daughter, we knew we weren't, even if we had some flare up, we were going to push through the pregnancy, like a cancer flare up. We we're going to push through the pregnancy the best we could to get the baby to be born without mm -hmm. any stuff going into her. Right. Um, it seemed like my body agreed with like the cancer behaved well when I had, when I was pregnant, it was just, it's strange. It's almost like my body helped my, helped my situation. Um, after she was born, we didn't know what would happen. I just stuck with my cancer diet and I stuck with it with a passion. And that was really when I started becoming passionate about holistic cancer options and, um, giving, you know, people when they're diagnosed, instead of rushing into treatment, give themselves three months to, um, see what would happen when they change their diet and their lifestyle, all while monitoring carefully. And that's kind of like the fourth pillar of like what I, what I tell people, I, I don't call them pillars. That's just something I started saying. I'm like, what do you call them? The fourth thing I say to people. I like pillar. I think like, pillar is good. Pillar. I'm not, I'm just not that, I'm not that big of a deal or fancy, but yeah, the, just like the fourth principle that's better of is just, you know, don't rush into things, pray, listen to God in your peaceful place inside. And he will, he will guide your steps. And like in Kevin and my situation, we always said he drops the breadcrumbs. That's all we did. We followed breadcrumbs. I remember a little thing, the week that we were uh, like that, the wretched week of like di between diagnosis and like them telling us all the things we had to do and making, and between making the decision to go holistic, there was probably a week. Mm -hmm. Um, he, you know, we went to Blockbuster video to watch a movie because that's, it was 2008. We were at the very end of that era and there was like nothing on the shelves. And he comes to me, he, he, got, he picked up this one video, this one movie that was this horror. I had read the book and it's actually a really good book called PS. I love you. And it's about this husband. Oh, yeah. It's from cancer, but he leaves his wife, all these letters to open every month, like for the first year that he's gone. It's just, I mean, it's a great book, but gosh, it's a sob story. And it's not something you read when you've had, um, you know, been diagnosed with cancer. High emotional week, right? No. And so we went back to, we went back to, I was like, no, I'm not watching that. We went back to Blockbuster to exchange the video. Yeah. He said, I didn't know what it was about. Um, 
we went back to Blockbuster to exchange and there was literally like nothing on the shelf except this one documentary from a holistic cancer survivor. I had never heard of her in my life. Her name is Chris Carr. Chris Carr called Crazy Sexy Cancer, and she create, she wrote a documentary about cancer decisions and treatment, and she herself was diagnosed with stage four, like a really rare, I think, kidney cancer and um, in lung and liver, like it was all over, um, but she chose to go the holistic route and to monitor carefully. Can you believe this? And that was like, it was like shining like the star on Jesus after he was born, like on the blockbuster <laughs> shelf. That this wow. is what you're supposed to get tonight. Yeah, like little breadcrumbs like Right. I say pay people pray and ask him to show you because he will. He will. And you, ha- just, you just give have him to be your receptive to it. Yeah. Yes. You've got to be open and he will show you because he wants you to give him glory. He wants to be in he wants to be a part of it. And anyway, we brought that video home and she ended up kind of living with cancer. She'd still, I don't think she's been like 20 something years and she's still alive, but she'd never got that clean scan that she was like obsessed about her first few years. And she just decided I'm going to live my life. It's stable. She makes sure it's stable. And of course not all cancers behave that way, but some people do choose to just live their life and change their lifestyle. And and they don't know where it's going to lead, but they just take that next step and right. do the next thing, all the next breadcrumb. And so anyway, wow. uh, yeah, that was, yeah. So that was like that first year, just continuing to do what I'm, what I was doing. And then the second year doing what I was doing while we were raising our daughter, I think that was the year I set my third year uh, in remission. I started my blog and started kind of writing different, like, or maybe it was, yeah, about the third year. And then I just started getting more and more um, into this. <laughs> wow. And so I, uh, that, yeah. And um, just, yeah, staying really strict on my diet, really strict, almost to the point where once I had, um, I, we had an, uh, our second daughter in 2013, um, three and a half years after our first, we actually had a miscarriage in between, um, which was, you know, its own journey. <laughs> we had a, um, yeah, it was like a missed, a missed miscarriage. So I said, let's do this naturally and going more, I guess we're talking about pregnancy stuff now, but, um, it took six months to, to, for my body to recognize that I wasn't, that the baby, cause it was a missed miscarriage really was a blighted ovum. There was no baby in the sense yeah. of like, once it finally happened, there was nothing there. It was just encapsulated, you know, um, cells essentially. stuff, oh. <laughs> you know, tissue, tissue. And, um, it, it really, it really was like, you know, the, the sack, um, Anyway, you guys, I don't know if you're going to cut this, but no, <laughs> I kind of went on, but we'll, we, I definitely want to dive into like all of your pregnancies and postpartum mm-hmm. and putting out like all that stuff in kind of our second chat for sure. But going back, obviously like this whole experience dramatically transformed your lifestyle. So, yeah. you know, you touched on a little bit or a lot of it. And what I've kind of gathered is like the dietary aspect is the dietary aspect is, has been the biggest staple that you've continued. Are there other mm-hmm. modalities that you continue to just do as kind of maintenance? You know, you mentioned like earlier when, when you were still diagnosed, um, the colonics and, and the tea, and are there other modalities that you just use as kind of general wellness to maintain your health outside of the diet currently? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one supplement, cause there was like 76 pills I took every wow. day during my, there was a ton of supplements and 
well, I can talk about a few of them, but the one I've stuck with is the beta one 3d glucan. Mm. Um, it's a specific company. I buy it from called better way health. It's the same company that I bought from 15 years ago. Mm. Uh, they're here in Atlanta. Actually. I like, I love that, that they're here. They're local and it's made locally in the South and South Carolina, but, um, it's just an immune modulator supplement. It's, it's been studied extensively, um, for many years. Um, and it, and it basically acts by creating like more activity in your neutrophil cells, receptor sites, so that it can more easily recognize what's not supposed to be there. And so I took that, that was, um, that was like the first supplement I remember buying and it was, mm -hmm. you know, expensive. I'm like, this is getting real. We're buying like these, I mean, the amount of money that you spend on a holistic cancer journey oh, is yeah. just really daunting because nothing's covered by insurance. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's wild. And, um, and of course, like a, a really great food-based multivitamin I was on and these things I've stuck with over the years. Now I really don't take a ton of supplements anymore. I just try to focus on, um, eating mostly plants. I try to drink a smoothie a day. I try to juice. I, I never juiced much on my protocol anyway. It was more of like the, the Budwig in the morning, the big giant 64 ounce green smoothie in the afternoon and then the salad at night. So nowadays I just really focus on just really whole foods, nutrition. I did start eating animal proteins. I would say kind of increasing it gradually over after like the third year. Mm -hmm. And then I really stayed pretty hardcore on my cancer protocol for five years until I hit my five-year remission point. And at that point, I actually had a um, a test. It was called the Oncoblot at the time. It's a it's a blood test, but it was developed to be sensitive to ca certain cancer markers, and it came back completely negative. So that was the mm. first time I ever had like an actual real test that I paid like eight hundred dollars for right. to for them to tell me everything is great in your inner terrain. Um, I never had a follow up scan. I couldn't while I was pregnant, and then after we you know, delivered, I was like, I have no physical evidence, um, of any tumor involvement. So I felt comfortable as long as I was feeling good mm -hmm. and just continuing what I was doing. And I never had a follow-up scan. Wow. And some people need that in order to feel like they're like, they're mentally okay. Like they just need to be, need, need to know. They need to but see I just, the negatives. Yeah. Yeah. They need to know. Yeah. They need to just be reassured or otherwise they live in a state of anxiety of, or am I doing enough? Is it coming back? And I have had seasons where we could talk more about the postpartum or, you know, mm -hmm. pregnancy postpartum stuff later, but uh, where I was mentally not okay with, yeah. because of postpartum issues mainly and overwhelming motherhood where I was so focused and obsessed with my health that it was unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point where I, it was a big, big journey between, you know, with me and God <laughs> talking about trust and what my part was and what his part was. Sure. So. How does that in, in kind of general, how does that translate to how you choose to raise your kids and things that you choose to implement based on the journey that you've been through? Or like, what does healthy living mean in the Campbell household? Like where, where's the balance? What do you, what are your like hard this is wow. how, what we're doing and, and we're lenient over here. I honestly think that most of my decisions are, they fall on a little bit. I'm, I'm motivated by avoiding guilt. If I'm honest, like I'm going to do everything I can to remove that my choice 
was the re- is resulted in something that harmed my children. I'm just being honest. It's not it's not based on my knowledge. It's not based. It, I was some of that I know better, so therefore I have to do better. Right. And sometimes you want to hit that easy button, right? Like I don't want to do this because it's you know, but but I'm motivated by I have to do this hard thing because if anything were to happen to them, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Like, yeah. I hate, yeah, it's, I, I'm just getting down to like the, the very like reptilian level of how my brain operates. Like I just don't, um, selfishly, it's not because it's what's best for them. It's that I couldn't handle mm-hmm. if anything. Would. So I'm just being honest, but yes, I want what's best. And that, I guess that comes down to, I want what's want what's best for them. So it goes all the way back to like pregnancy. Did I do my best in pregnancy? Mm-hmm. Did I give my body what it needed? Did I did I do what was best for the baby? You know, whether that be like I'm an, I'm not going to take a Tylenol. I'm going to instead, you know, get an ice pack and some peppermint oil or whatever, and try to drink some green tea to get this headache to go away. Like I'm going to sit in this, you know. And I will say, my first and second second pregnancy, I think I did like I had such horrible headaches that I did take a Tylenol in that pregnancy. And I just was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know, like I was just so desperate. So to the moms that like do do those things, know that I'm not perfect either. Like I do things, you know, but she turned out great. She's okay. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And I I also have learned that like a little pharmaceutical sometimes like over the counter stuff that cause you're in pain is, is not like sometimes you just got to do it and and it's okay. You know, it's like, you can't have a time and a place. Yeah, like I, I've I've reassured a couple people because they know how hardcore I used to be, and now I'm like, oh, girl, take an ibuprofen. You don't want to sit for three days with that headache when you know that you can knock it out with two ibuprofens on right. day one and move on with your life and get right. some fresh air and sunshine and go exercise and do things that you would otherwise not be able to do because you're in pain with your ice pack and your essential oils or whatever. <laughs> but um. Yeah. So I would say like all the way back to pregnancy, of course, no pharmaceutical intervention at birth or in the first, if you guys catch my drift, can we talk about that on here? Can we say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just no, I, we, we chose, we did not choose to um, give any vaccines. I don't, I, I wrote a whole series on this on my blog on like sort of my mentality. I dealt in the same way I dealt with not using cancer, like pharmaceutical cancer treatment to treat my cancer. I dealt with a little bit of fear around like, what if I don't do this for my, for my kids? And I, so I dug into research and I wrote all of that on my blog. If people just search vaccines, like there's one, there's a blog post for every single disease. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, one day I'd love to make it into a book or of something videos or something just to be a little easy, more accessible. But yeah, I, I went through having to reassure myself. I wanted to be sure, just like with my cancer treatment, I, like I said, with my cancer treatment, I'll give myself three months and then we'll reevaluate. Same with the, the vaccine decision. Like, let me just research this. We're going to delay for now. Like, so you don't, nothing has to be like these permanent decisions. Now we permanently delayed on both ends. <laughs> we have <laughs> So now I have a 14 year old and she's just ridiculously healthy. The challenge right now is now they're old enough to sort of like they, their friends start talking about this. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, I have to equip her to speak intelligently on that issue of like, yeah, we didn't, you know, you know, to, to teach her. This is mm-hmm. why we don't, uh, my parents didn't vaccinate and we've never had an antibiotic. Like we've never gone, we have never had any pharmaceuticals, you know? this is how we live. And my mom treats us at home, you know, those kind of things that it's like, yeah, that's how we live. (laughs) So I have have a question. So because of 
my medical mystery overachiever and that my um, D-dimer is high, did they test that in newborns before they give them vaccinations? No. So luckily I'm still alive, but that could have been an issue for me because I have a blood disorder. Mm-hmm. But they didn't test it before. That's no. crazy. No, they don't do that. They're well, just well, like, it's you. like a blanket, a blanket here. You yeah. get this. Everybody gets it. It's just yeah. what we do. It's what we do. It's because that's what we're being paid for. <laughs> well, equipping moms with that information yeah. is kind of a through line of everything that we do on this podcast. Do them. Hey, you can say, you can say no and make another choice and be well equipped. Yeah. Have the information to say, no, this is, we're going to go down a different path. And I love that your story builds confidence and allow them to do that because you made the right choices for yourself and your family that have led to health and, mm-hmm. you know, being, being in, in an environment that facilitates that in your own home. What about the nutritional mm-hmm. aspect? How big of a stickler are you in your household based on what you've been through with nutrition? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's gotten tougher I've I have had to relax my control. Yeah. The older my kids have gotten and the further out from my cancer diagnosis because even like with my husband, he he is, you know, he's a human. He he's like I'm kind of tired of eating this this stuff all the time or I don't really like that food that I know it's healthy and it contains all the amino acids that you need to be a complete protein and it's perfect for humans whatever quinoa <laughs> like he, he like you know he like I'll say these things and and it's just like I just don't care I don't care and you know yeah, some, no. some depending on who it is in my family not everyone's motivated like I am to continue this way but what I've had to try to teach them is when we when you guys put up fits or fuss or whatever. And we're talking guys like yesterday we had Brussels. We had, um, like I made organic mashed potatoes from scratch in the instant pot. Like I cook from scratch almost every night, every meal or every, every day, every meal. Um, but we did do some like organic, um, meatballs from Costco that were prepackaged, you know? So like, because meat fills bellies, (laughs) I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to give them a bunch of legume, like some lentils on the side, it doesn't quite have the same, you know, satisfying effect as yeah. when you say here's some homemade organic turkey meatloaf made from organic salsa and organic oats and organic ketchup or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not even perfect with that all the time. Sometimes we go to Chick-fil-A and I usually get the market salad. That's kind of my go-to, but I'll say, I really want a fry this time. Can we get a small fry on the side? Or babe, can I have a couple of your fries? Like that happens. Yeah. But I'm 15 years out. I really was strict for five years. And with our family, we do our best. Probably our biggest where Kevin and I bump, bunk, like uh, bonk heads. What's the, what's the, what's the phrase? Yeah, bump heads. Yeah. Bump heads. Bonk heads. We got you. Bonk sounded good too. I'm different. <laughs> Bump heads is that um, he loves like ice cream and dessert and I'm so anti-sugar, but he loves taking our kids out to get milkshakes or, you know, yeah. to go, there's a place here in Atlanta called Allie's Cookies and their cookies are all made from scratch. But, you know, I'm still, I'm still like, I'm still who I am and mm-hmm. I'm like, please, I just want to avoid sugar. Not only for the sugar, but for the, for like the dietary effects, but for your teeth, you know, yeah. we have never really been to the dentist. Our kids have never had a cavity. Knock on. Every time I speak in pride, 
something happens. <laughs> so every time I say, your kids are never sick. We got the flu in December, like horrible. Five, five weeks. It was horrible. Um, everybody had their update from, you know, they have, we haven't had the flu in six years and we got it. It was horrible. Um, but yeah, so knock on wood, but like we, um, we do, I speak about faith, but I'm knocking on wood, but you guys know how that is. Yeah, yeah, we got got you. You just got to do it. There's something to that. (laughs) But, um, it's just, it's balance. Like that's what I tell everybody that too, because it's, it's just balance. And like, I think the greatest thing that us personally as a family that we do is try to just teach our kids, like not be restrictive in the sense that you can't have this like this is bad Mm -hmm. you can't have this Mm -hmm. but more so like educational on hey well you can have you know this is we eat we choose this for this reason and like empowering the kid to understand what that reason is and I'll even do it with certain supplements sometime I'm like okay who knows what like omegas are good for and you know jack jack will be like my belly and I'm like like, let's talk about this, you know, and it's just, <laughs> right. it's, it's educational. And I think that's just the biggest part is um learning that it's not like a restriction. It's not like a naughty, you can't have this, but it's like, Hey, if we can make a better option, let's make a better option. But life happens and like, have that milkshake. You're at that birthday party, have that cupcake, whatever it is. Like, does my soul go like this? <laughs> every time i'm watching yes like choose choose the white icing exactly exactly. why do we have to go with the bright pink um but it's such a balancing act and i just feel like as long as we teach our kids like those core you know basics of uh just those core basics that they will grow up and and make much better decisions than most kids out there you know they will and they're all and that's you got oh Releasing that control is hard. It is so like, hard. That's one of the reasons, like, I'm, I mean, homeschooling is is really nice for this type of lifestyle because we do, we do have more control. It's a little yeah. more, but as our, like our oldest is going to high school next year. And um, anyway, it's just, yeah, you just have to like kind of go, Bob, okay. You know, know, we've done a really good job at home. So whatever you do out there, you'll be okay. Yeah. You're going to see banana cake. I didn't. Oh. No, well, I mean, I'm I'm assuming because it's true for her kids, and I'm assuming it's true for your kids too. That when they make exploratory choices, that they can understand how it makes them feel after they eat it. So, like Jack would not go and have a milkshake because he knows it's got milk in it. He's gonna have massive diarrhea. He does not feel good after he has milk. Yes, he, yeah. at five, he can make that decision of, hey, no, I think I may pass something else, and they'll do that. Like they'll eat. You know, someone will give them something and they'll eat half of it. You know, like what five-year-old has the, when they're given something filled with sugar, has like the um, control to just only eat part of it. But he'll stop and he'll realize, he'll be like, mommy, like we'll be at a birthday party. He'll be like, mommy, this is starting to hurt my stomach. I'm like, okay, dude, like listen to your body. You know, I don't want to knock you from having fun. But if that's your body telling you that it doesn't feel good, then you stop. And he'll pack it up, throw it away, go play. You know? I love to sit there and suck on a just the. Um, that's all. Yeah. I brought that's all little um fruit strips. Dude took forty five minutes to eat it. Yeah. I mean he'll just suck on it and it's it's hilarious. But I like to him it's so much better than any candy you could give him. Yeah. It's so it's, it's, you know where one area that's been is with grandparents. Cece, I don't know if your mom your mom's probably pretty no, on board. My with mom, this. we're very blessed. My mom like follows my I mean, she she back when I was growing up, she was 
definitely way more on our side of things like she cooked every single meal we never I never had fast food growing up I saw like my hair started falling out when I was 11 or something I went to a Chinese medicine doctor there was still things that she was not as strict with but she for that reason I I fully trust her with our kids and she thinks I'm crazy because I'm way more strict than she was but I'm like the things back then didn't didn't exist that they do now you know you have to worry about genetically modified foods you know, 30 years ago, but no, yeah. we're very blessed with her. The rest of the family. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but she still gets Most to be, what do they call her? Nana. Nana. She still gets to be not and spoil them oh, and totally. the fun things. And so that. Yeah. And that's family. where I might, I, you know, I've even had to tell Kevin at times, cause he, he, he can sometimes, cause um, depending on whose parent it is, like he'll, he'll be like, mom, you know, da, 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 da. I'm like, babe, we just need to let, let her be Nana. Like she can, you know, so we, we've had that conversation around, then there's sometimes at least I've had an honor, honest conversation with her that I've told her, I will let you know when it gets to the point where I'm like, no. So like right. she brought one time, she brought a big giant bag of dum-dums like from school. Cause she's a, she was a teacher and, um, and, uh, and she left them here. Like while she was here, they were allowed to have one dum dum a day. Like she would give them yeah. two. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then when she left, I threw the whole bag away. I would do the same. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> she was like, I wish you would have just told me because I could have brought them back and given them to my students. And I was just like, sorry, I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> I needed it out of my house. That's, that's no, the only yeah. thing I would do. <laughs> Oh yeah, we we flat out fl- thrown entire cakes away that neighbors have brought us and things that just like we're not gonna eat this. I feel yeah. so bad. One time I asked my Instagram like, "What would you do?" And people were really passionate about like that is unkind to throw away the cake and like you should have like, just taken it. Bit. You can't like, <laughs> donate a half eaten cake, you know? Yeah, bring it to the firefighters. I'm like, the firefighters need to be healthy. They don't need to okay, be Okay, this is my dilemma all the time. And my seven-year-old <laughs> challenges me with this because, you know, for like Halloween, I we don't eat any of that candy. I still let them have candy, but it's like the yum earth, unreal. Mm-hmm. You know, we do, we swap it out. And then we monitor how often they, they, they get it after that. Yeah. But Ava's like, well, mommy, what are you going to do with all this other candy? And I'm like, well, we'll donate it. I don't want to just throw it out. And she looked at me and she was like, but if we sh- we sh- don't want to eat it, then why are we giving it to other people to eat? And I'm like, you know. Throw away the poison, Dr. Cece. So throw I, it away. Right. So this year we threw it out because I was like, you know, I'm I joking. Can't I'm totally that. joking. Because, you know, we've gone all the way. We've ran, we've run the spectrum for Halloween from like nothing. No candy. We'll give you a toy when like our youngest, our, our, our oldest was a baby. And that very first Halloween, she showed us because before we even could see what was happening, we look over and she was, her name is Ruby Claire. So we dressed her as our, our kangaroo, Ruby yeah. that year. She's oh. in a kangaroo outfit and she's got chocolate. Oh, she got into something. Skit, I don't know, a, a Kit Kat or something. And it was just all of her face. And anyway, we kind of had a good laugh and we, we didn't let her have her candy. She was only one, but. And then we didn't do it. I don't think we let her have any candy. We substituted and then we did that kind of stuff. And then now we're just like, all right. And I go through and I pick a lot of the pieces that have hydrogenated soybean oil in them. I'll pick them all out. I'm like, all right, yeah. and then I'll let them keep. There's like a few pieces that I'm like, that's not as bad. That's not as bad. And, but even I, so I've got run all the way through all the way to that where I thought that was bad. And then this year I just went, 
just, you know, I looked at how much they had. We didn't do a ton of trick or treating this year because it got, I guess it got cold or whatever, but I just let them eat their candy. And after day three, I said, okay, it needs to be gone out of this house. And anyway, chucked it. So we can all, like, I've, I understand. Balance. Our advice is balance. Shame, um, shame. You know, if I, I did this year, I did a regular, because we usually pair up with a couple of neighbors and set out the end of our driveways. And so there was traditional stuff. And then I had a bag of allergen friendly. So I had all my yum earth and kind of all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So at the end of the night, I went home with a bag full of candy. We that appreciate candy people like you. That I could eat. And then, oh, so at the end of Christmas, so between, uh, after Christmas and before New Year, I went to Sprouts, and in the back they have like their clear their clearance shelves. I got the Christmas gummies, and then I got peppermint lollipops, which are their natural peppermint oil, and there's no dyes in them and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So that's the peppermints that I have for for this, and I got them one half off, so they were only like, oh, that's very nice. for all hey. So when I want something, that's what I go. Amazing. I choose so. Well, we want to dive into all things more pregnancy and mommyhood with you. But before we kind of wrap up this episode and and move on to the next, where can our community follow you? Shout out to anything specifically. What guides do you have going out soon? Websites, your blog. Give us the details. We'll obviously include in the show notes, but give it to us all. Okay. So um, my blog is my website blog is anticancermom.com. The best way. Uh, I probably did just see everything that I've talked about. There's a get started um, uh, button at the top. You can, you can check that out and you can search in the search bar. I think it's on the, the right side. Um, and then I have a guide that's $12. It's I think 65 pages. Um, and it kind of goes through my cancer protocol and what I did and how you use anti-cancer life. It's called the anti-cancer lifestyle guide. It doesn't show my whole protocol, but it gives you um, like a good starting point. Um, I, I, at some point I need to write out my whole protocol. It's kind of interspersed between podcast interviews and mm-hmm. uh, things that you can usually find it. Um, uh, there's, there is a, how I beat cancer page also on there. It's a right next to the get started button. And that does contain a lot of the links to the things that I used or what I did. Um, and then, uh, healingstrong.org is the, where I told you to plug into community groups that are holistic, holistic healing, supporting, uh, community groups. Um, and then um, I'm on Instagram at anti-cancer mom. I'm on Facebook at anti-cancer mom. Um, I'm most active on Instagram, which is usually if you wanted to write me anything, you can usually write me there and, and I might get back to you. I might get back to you. <laughs> I usually will at least tell you, I, I, I read your message. Thank you so much. I'll try to get, you know, whatever, but um, we're going to find out in our next people. episode why it may take her a minute. Yeah. Okay get back yeah. but we're gonna save that yeah. for the, the second part of the interview because we're all dying it's i will always get back to people if i if their message doesn't get lost that's not the thing i'm like instagram is so weird um i love yeah and that my email is courtney at anticancermom.com so you can also email me there and that will give you an auto reply that gives you a lot of these resources as well. And then I always read my emails and sometimes, especially if people email me with like, I have three questions and it's one, two, three, that's so much easier than a big paragraph that I have to read through. So I'll tell people, just email me your three questions and I'll just voice text you back. And that's how I'll get back to people. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to dive into part two. Y'all stay tuned uh, as we continue this conversation with Miss Anti-Cancer Mom, Courtney Campbell.
And until next time, <laughs> let's discover together. We hope you've enjoyed this journey of exploration and learning as much as we have. Before you go, we have a special request for you, our beloved discoverers. We'd be thrilled if you could show your support in a few easy steps. Step one, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to turn that notification bell so you never miss a moment of discovery. Step two, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review our show. Your feedback means the world to us and helps others discover our podcast too. Step three, whether you're on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, please share the Discovery Doc podcast with your friends, family, and social networks. It's the best way to spread the joy of discovery. And finally, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at the Discovery Doc. Stay connected with us for updates, behind-the-scenes content, and so much more. Plus, for exclusive content and additional resources, be sure to check out our website at www.thediscoverydoc.com. And while you're there, if you have a burning question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, simply let us know. Thank you, Discoverers, for being part of our incredible journey. Until next time, let's discover together. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc podcast encourages listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.